been studying on righteousness. Righteousness in its basic form is a right relationship with God, that uh, you have been made right with God. You have the ability to stand in his presence because of the blood of Jesus, because of what Christ has done. Uh, You have uh, the ability to stand in God's presence. Uh, You are accepted in him, and God receives you as his own child. Amen? And God is your father. Amen. So you have a right relationship with God. You've been uh, declared right with God. So we're looking at Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 30. Romans chapter 8, verse 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. So God had a plan for your life. God had a plan. There was a predestination. In other words, God planned from the foundation of the world. Uh, He chose you in him. God chose you in him before the foundation of the world. So obviously God is a planner. So God had a plan for your life. And he... Uh, predestined you he planned for you and he planned for you and then he called you who knows where you were when he called you you know who knows what you were doing when he called you or what you had been involved in in your life or where you were going on a wrong road but thank God God called you How many can say, God called me? And you responded to his call. The gospel in some form was preached to you, and you heard that gospel, or you responded to that gospel, and you believed in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you confessed Jesus as Lord with your mouth, and you were saved. Or you were born again. Praise the Lord. And so when you were born again or you were saved, uh, you received uh, the reconciliation that God had already made yours in Christ, already provided for you, and it was in his bank. And the bank was Christ. So God was in Christ, according to 2 Corinthians, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses, or counting their trespasses unto them, but what? Canceling them. So God canceled your sin debt in the person of Christ 2,000 years ago and more. He did what was necessary for humanity to come back to God. Anyone can come to God. Whosoever will, let him, what? Call. On the name of the Lord. Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. So then anybody can come because Jesus has provided the way for anyone to come. So we don't come based on our own works or achievements or own efforts or own goodness or own uh, religious action perhaps. Or we don't come based on we've been to church before. 
Or we don't come because we uh, went to church when we were a kid. We don't come because, uh, uh, and on the basis of that we even served in a church. We came on the basis of the blood. So we came on the basis of the work of redemption. And because of Jesus and because of his redemptive work, he could call us by the Holy Spirit. He could call us to himself. So we were planned for, and then when we were going along our life's journey, he called us to himself. And when he called us, he, what did he say? Those who, whom he called, he justified. Now, justification was affected in the person of Christ back when Jesus died and was buried. God declared they're justified. The scripture actually says in Romans 3, it says that we, or he was delivered up because of our transgressions. And he was raised up because of of our justification. Now I'm reading that or quoting that from a different translation from the King James. But many translations bear it out. That because of your justification, Christ was raised. In other words, you had to be justified in order for Christ to be raised. The resurrection of Christ is the result of your declaration by God of justification so then God justified you and the whole world he justified all of humanity in the person of Christ which made a provision for anyone to call on the name of Jesus it made the provision for anyone to call on the name of the Lord and be saved and be justified so the moment you call on Jesus or the moment you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, the moment you say Jesus Christ is Lord, it says with the heart, in Romans 10, with the heart man believes unto, what? Righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So when you believed in your heart, you believed unto righteousness which means that you believed unto you believed Jesus died for your sin you believe he paid for your sin and you believe God raised him again which is a guarantee that your justification had been affected so when you call on Jesus you get righteous or you become justified righteousness is a right relationship with God gives you the ability to stand in his presence without a sense of sin or guilt or condemnation and so Jesus has given you his righteousness you share in the righteousness of God justified I say it like this like many others have said it just as if I'd never sinned Justified, just as if I'd never sinned. In other words, God looks at you as if you had never sinned. Why? Because he looks at you through the blood of Jesus. You say, what if I do sin as a Christian? He said, confess your sin. 1 John 1, 9. Confess your sin. 
And God is faithful and what? Just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He is faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He is a just God. And his justice has already been served in the person of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? He's already declared you just or righteous in the person of Christ. So then, anytime you need forgiveness of sin or you need to be restored in fellowship with God when you confess your sin, Jesus doesn't have to go to the cross again. He died once and for all, for all time and for all humanity. So he doesn't have to go to the cross again. God takes you all the way back to the cross, to the death, to the burial, to the resurrection. And that justification was effected in Christ. So then you're drawing on the reality of redemption. You're drawing on the reality of what God has already done in the person of Christ. So your redemption is already provided. Redemption simply means uh, uh, to redeem by the payment of a price. So Jesus paid the price. So your redemption, in other words, your sin has already been paid for. Thank you, Jesus. So when you call on God and you accept Jesus, or when you're born again, or when you're saved, you are justified before God. You're justified or declared righteous. Just different ways of saying it, but they're all scriptural terms. So somebody say, I'm justified. justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. A little harder to say that, isn't it? Because of our consciousness. But say it, just as if I'd never sinned. God has paid for not just some of your sin in the person of Christ. He didn't pay for just some of your sin. He paid for all of your sin. And God says that he doesn't remember your sin. In many verses of Scripture, he does not remember your sin. So he's not holding it against you. How many are glad about that today? Praise God forever. Somebody say, I'm glad. I'm happy. I'm thankful. Hallelujah to Jesus. Whom he justified, then he also, what? Glorified. In other words, his glory. We, as a church, we want to experience his glory. As individuals, we want to experience the glory of God. The glory of the manifested presence of God. God's glory can rest on your life. God's glory can be seen through your life. God's glory can be demonstrated through your life. When you come to church, God's glory should show up. The presence of God should show up. But it doesn't just have to happen at church because he said he would glorify you. He put his glory on you. Hallelujah. He didn't just say he'd have it at church, but he said... You can have more of it at church because it's multiplied when you come to church. There's something special that happens when you come to church. 
When you come to the body of Christ and you join together as one, then we're all in union with Christ and we're justified before God and we're worshiping God and we're magnifying God and we're giving glory to God and we're lifting our voice to God and we're thanking God and we're praising God and while we're praising God, the glory of God shows up because God shows up where people give him glory. God shows up when people give him praise. I said, God shows up when, give, when you give him praise. So he'll show up at your house. He'll show up in your car. He'll show up at the church. He'll show up when we lift our voices in praise and adoration and glory and honor to him. So you need to become accustomed to praising God. Praise the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah, the Lord is good. He's worthy of praise. Worthy is the Lamb of God that was slain. Worthy is he. Worthy is God our Father. Worthy is Jesus. Worthy. How worthy is he? Is he worthy of you opening your mouth and letting your words bring praise to God? Is he worthy for you to lift up holy hands before him? Is he worthy? If he's worthy, then you need to make it a habit at the house. You need to make it a habit in the church. Praise the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. The Holy, the Holy Ghost will be your helper. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit will take hold together with you, and he'll help you to praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. You can go ahead and practice that right now. It's a good time. Praise the Lord. For he is good and his mercy endures. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. He is a good, 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 good God. Hallelujah. Glory to his name forevermore. Holy and righteous is he. Holy and righteous is he. Why are you made righteous? Because he's holy. He's righteous. He wanted fellowship with you. He wanted you to experience his presence. He wanted you to experience his glory. He wanted you to experience a taste of heaven. Hallelujah. He wanted you to have an advanced taste of what heaven is like, some of heaven. It's not to the degree that you would see in heaven, but thank God you can taste some of heaven down here. Heaven comes down and the glory of God is resounding in the church. And the church shall show forth the glory of God. Praise the Lord. I mean, the church is something different. Hallelujah. It's something that's set apart from this world. When people show up in church, they ought to send something different in the house. Glory to God. Something real in the house. Hallelujah to Jesus. You can sit down. But the next verse says, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? What are we going to say about these things? If God be for us, 
who can be against us. We need to say something about what we believe. We need to open our mouth and say with our mouth what we believe in our heart that God has done for us in Christ and who we are in Christ and what he's made us to be in Christ. And one of the things he's made you to be in Christ is that you are the righteousness of God in him. He who knew no sin was made to be sin so that you might be made the righteousness of God in him. Praise God. So he says, what shall we say? Your voice is your address. In the spirit, your voice is your address. Your voice is a way of accessing the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, God is for us. If God be for us, who can be against us? So don't go silent. Praise the Lord. I said, don't go silent. Praise the Lord. Don't go silent. Praise the Lord. Don't go silent. Say what the Word says. Don't be silent. Speak the word of God and speak it with authority and with boldness. Speak it like you believe it. Speak it like it's yours. Speak it like God said it. Speak it like it is God's word and God cannot lie. Speak it as if God has spoken to you because he has. In his word, he's spoken to you and he's declared something about you. So your speaking of the word is your coming into agreement with what God said. Coming into agreement and believing it and saying it and it activates it in your life. And much of what we're looking at is something that's already real, but if we don't know it, and it's something we already have, but if we don't know it, we're not enjoying the benefits of it. I said if we don't know it, And we're not activating it. We're not enjoying the benefits of it. Thank you, Jesus. So speaking it. Somebody say, say it. What shall we say to these things if God be for us? That would be a good thing to say. If God be for us, who can be against us? That means you're on the winning side. God's on your side. If God's on your side, you're on the winning side. Verse 32. Verse 32, it says, And he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So if God didn't spare his own son, but he gave him up freely. For God so loved, for God so loved the world, That he gave his only begotten son. Say, how many times are you going to say that scripture? For the rest of my life. (laughs) Hallelujah. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son. Well, you were included in that world that God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. So, so God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God freely gave of his son. Thank you, Jesus. And if he freely If he freely gave his son, then he gave, gave you all of the other things that come along with him. For all things are provided in and through Jesus Christ. And every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. And it comes to your life through Jesus Christ. So know that the Spirit of God wants you to enjoy His best blessings. For you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And He wants you to understand and know the reality of what belongs to you. So that you can enjoy it and you can walk in the reality of it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not freely give us, also freely give us all things? Well, there are a number of scriptures that tell us that we are heirs of God and we are joint heirs with Christ. We're heirs of God, so that means that what belongs to Him belongs to us. What belongs to God belongs to us. Boy, that's a big one. I don't think anybody's grasped that fully. What belongs to God belongs to us. We're heirs of God. Romans 8 tells us that as well. We're heirs of God and we are what? Joint heirs with Christ. So Jesus is an heir of the Father and we're joint heirs with Jesus. So what belongs to the Father belongs to us. What belongs to Jesus belongs to us. We're in good company. Hallelujah. So the Bible tells us what belongs to us. So when we're studying the Word of God, primarily the New Testament for us, all of it's good. But primarily the New Testament tells you who you are. And even more primarily, uh, the epistles written to the church tells you who you are and what you have in and through Christ. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And all the promises of God in him are what? All the promises of God are yes and amen. So be it. That amen is your amen. All the promises of God are yes. God has said yes to the promises of God, and you just say amen. I believe that. I receive that. 
I believe that. I receive that. I believe that's mine. I believe I receive that. I thank God for that. Hallelujah. Whatever it may be, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. How? By Christ Jesus. You'll find these, these words, these prepositional phrases, you'll find them in the Scripture, in the New Testament, in the epistles, over and over and over again. By Christ, through Christ, with Christ, in Christ. In other words, it's all through Christ. It's all in Christ. It's all by Christ. Hallelujah. Now, you sure aren't on, on your own. You're not alone in this program. Praise God. You're not trying to make this happen all by yourself. This is not something we work up. It's not something we, we produce. It's something God already produced. He already produced it in the person of Christ, and he produced it for you and for your life. And thank God you are the righteousness of God today. Why? Because God did it, not because you did it, not because you served in the church, not because you grew up in church, not because uh, you're a good person or uh, some people think you qualify as a good person or not because you're the worst person in the world, praise God. Thank God. All in between, we all get righteous through Christ Jesus. And it's by faith in Jesus Christ and it's by faith in his blood that we are made righteous. Thank you, Jesus. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Lest any man should boast. Now, where does, where does condemnation come from? Your effort, your effort or your lack of effort. You could get condemnation from both of those. In other words, I did it. And you still don't believe it's enough. Or I didn't do it. And surely that wasn't enough. But God, hallelujah, has qualified you already. I said, but God has qualified you already. He qualified you in Christ. Let's see what God has to say in verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Now, here, here's the answer. God, it is God that justifies. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Now, you know the devil is a liar, right? So he's always trying to lay something to your charge. Always trying to say that you didn't do this, or you did this, or you, you did this, or you didn't do this, or you should have done that, or you, you, if you'd have done that, then you'd be okay. But you didn't do that. You did this, but it wasn't enough. You know, so he's always trying to lay charge towards you, put a charge against you. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? He said, it is God that justifies. In other words, God has already answered for you. Or let's say this is an open book test. 
It's an open book test. He's giving you the answer. Now, you might have to war warfare with this or fight a good fight of faith with this. You might have to say this a lot in some seasons of your life. Say it again and again. Get up in the morning with it in your mouth and say it throughout the day and go to bed saying it. It is God that justifies. <clears throat> Praise God. It's God that justifies. Say it with me. It's God that justifies. Hallelujah. So it's not you that justifies you. It's God that justifies you. It's not your uh, effort that justifies you. It's God that justifies you. When did you get justified? When you called on the name of the Lord. When did you believe unto righteousness? When you got saved. That's when you got righteous and that's when you got justified. So God has justified you in the person of Christ 2,000 years ago plus. But then he's literally, you've received his justification. In other words, you received the gift of righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. So it is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? God gives you the answer. In other words, no one can, can legally condemn you. Because it is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, and who also maketh intercession for us. So now, your answer when condemnation comes, it's Christ that died. When guilt or shame comes, it is Christ that died. It is Christ that is risen. What did you believe when you first got saved? You believed Jesus died for your sin. You believed that God raised him again on the third day. You believed that in your heart. You believed unto righteousness. And with conf confession was made unto salvation. So in order to be saved, you had to believe and say. In order to enjoy the benefits of, you have to believe and say. In other words, ongoing in your relationship with God, when the devil comes to condemn or rob you of your, your consciousness of right relationship with God, trying to rob you of your fellowship with God, rob you of your time in the presence of God, rob you of anything that you were qualified for by Jesus Christ or the blessings of God. And the devil say, oh, you're not worthy of that. You're not worthy of that. You're not worthy of that. You say, no, Jesus, Jesus died. Hallelujah, Jesus died. Somebody ought to run around the church about right now. I said, I mean, get a little excited, just enough to move your foot a little bit. Or so. I, I, I. Because I don't have to do this. Jesus died. Hallelujah. Jesus was raised. Jesus, 
Jesus. Jesus provided my redemption. Jesus provided my righteousness. Jesus did it for me. Jesus got it for me. I don't have to get it. Jesus already got it. Jesus got it for me. And he gave it to me as a free gift. And he said, it's yours. It belongs to you. So hold fast to your confession and say something about it. Declare it. Decree it. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Praise God. Jesus did it. Jesus did it. Jesus did it. Jesus got it. And he even goes further. He, listen. I, I, I'm going to say something that I don't have time to explain right now, but I'm going to say it anyway. And the scriptures bear it out clearly. Jesus, in his suffering, went all the way to the heart of the earth. He went into hell itself. And justice and mercy met. Jesus paid the full penalty. God's justice was served because God is a just God. Somebody's got to pay the penalty. It's either you and me or it's Jesus. It's either all of the humanity pay their own penalty or Jesus could identify with humanity and become a man and live a sinless life and go to the cross and die on the cross and be buried and go into hell itself. And suffer the penalty for our sin. So justice was served, but mercy was there. And mercy said, they are reconciled to God. The penalty is fully paid. And Jesus could then be raised, it says in Timothy, 1 Timothy 3.16, he was justified in spirit. He was justified, declared righteous. And when he was declared righteous, it was actually you being declared righteous. So you were declared not guilty. And mercy met there with you and met there with Jesus and raised Jesus from the dead. And the scripture says that you were made alive together with him when he was raised from the dead, made alive in the spirit and raised from the dead. You were made alive in spirit together with him and you were raised up together with him. And when he was seated at the Father's right hand, you were seated together with him. God took you from the lowest place to the highest place God took you out of hell's grip and took you into heaven's blessed place of rest and redemption hallelujah to Jesus mercy reached all the way into hell mercy drew all of humanity up 
out of that pit and thank God today when you call on Jesus you get justified and mercy meets you at that moment the mercies of God the mercies of heaven God is a merciful God he's so merciful he's so Love the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So God's mercy met Jesus and Jesus was raised from the dead and he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. And he was raised and seated together with Christ from that place of reigning from that place of ruling hallelujah to Jesus hallelujah to Jesus thank you Jesus so he's up there making intercession for you he's up there making intercession he's there praying for you he's standing still standing he's still standing on your behalf he's still interceding on your behalf I mean how good is God he's beyond what we've seen is good he is good he is good through and through he's good he's a good good father he's a good good God he wants you to win praise God he wants you to overcome he wants you to get through the storm he wants you to get to the other side he wants you to get where your destiny is meant for you to go he wants you to fulfill the purpose of God for your life Thank you.